Fine. Hello, everybody. We are back once again. Uh, Honey Rogers here with Naya, the world's best uh, co-host in the entire universe. Um, and uh, quite possibly her cat. <laughs> Since he was very active during our little between episode discussion. So, uh, I'm very passionate about Jay Uso, much like me. So, Oni the cat uh, is also here with us. Um, if you hear a real, it's either him or it's me responding to him. Uh, and so, as noted in the episode previous to this, uh, we discussed, you know, just kind of barreling through and doing a couple of different episodes, and we are on part two of that. And this episode covers, let's call him a controversial figure in wrestling, Seth Rollins. Uh, middle name, Freakin'. Freakin' Rollins. Because, um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, I mean... You know, we, we figured we'd start it out with just talking about, you know, how we became a fan of Seth. And, you know, I, I've i talked about this. I don't know if I've talked... I actually don't know if I've talked about this before on the podcast. But I, when I first got back into wrestling, I first got back into wrestling probably 2017, maybe early 2016. But I didn't get back into wrestling as it was happening. I got back into the old wrestling that I'd already seen. And so I had seen little bits and bobs and whatnot of these three dudes on Tumblr. He would show up. I followed a wrestling fan or two just randomly through other things that we were interested in. And I followed one or two that would post about this group called The Shield. And I was like, oh, God, what the fuck is this? I was like, oh, God, they have, like, the, the riot thing on. Like, are really, really going to, like, have cop faces. You know what I mean? And I hated the S.H.I.E.L.D. Hated all three of them. Not just Seth. I hated all three members of the S.H.I.E.L.D., especially Roman, because one of the people I followed thought he was the shit. And so then as I started to get back into more modern wrestling, like wrestling as it was happening at the time, which, like I said, it was 2017, so I think it was actually maybe about when the S.H.I.E.L.D. was back together again. I think that was about when it happened still wasn't paying them much mind but i uh i started to to watch more of the modern wrestling and uh i ended up watching a little bit of the shield and one of the first times that we sat and watched the shield was my parents found this little because you know how on the the god blessed wwe network that we all miss and mourn so much uh <laughs> uh they would have these like collections uh, they were so much better than what you get on Peacock. These collections oh, of wrestlers yeah. or groups and stuff, and they had one of the Shield. And so I had never really sat and watched just consistently, like, the Shield's biggest hits to that point. But my parents sat down and watched it, and I was like, well, I mean, I like wrestling, so well, I'll sit down and watch it too. So I did, and since we're just talking about Seth in particular, the first moment that I felt any affection for that boy was, the, I forgot what match it was, but Seth did his dive through the ropes, and he almost, like, broke his neck on the barricade and that little, like, electric panel that they have sometimes. Just straight up, exactly. damn near killed himself. Yes, classic Seth, which I came to learn. And I was just, and I was just watching, and I was just like, Colby! <laughs> I was just like, dude! Colby! I first named him, because I was like, 
please don't die. Like, I don't even care about you that much, but, like, dude, your neck is fragile. And so, <laughs> so after, after we watched that, I really became a fan of Roman first. Um, I really, like, went through, watched, learned about him, reevaluated, um, which is, I will say, is not something people do enough. You should reevaluate your stance on people every now and then. But, uh, then I especially became a huge fan of Dean. Um, the Dean Ambrose character just hit with me so much, just on every facet. Um, because I'm also a gay little child who was poor growing up, so lots in common. Um, we also seem to have the same taste in jewelry and jeans. Who knew? Um, and then Seth actually did take me the longest to warm up to, and I don't think that's an unusual experience. <laughs> but he, he took me the longest to warm up to, and, and because I just kind of thought he was just kind of a kind of a snivelly little shithead, and then I actually started to like that about him, because, yes, because all of that is true. He is a snivelling little bitch-ass. But, like, that started to become a good thing. And, you know, there, and, and then uh, I unbecame a fan of Seth. And that was largely just because around the time that I was becoming an unfan of Seth was he defended this really just god-awful thing that Louis C.K. had said. And I was just already tired of his booking. I was like, oh, God, cause it, was, it was early 2019. So it was after, it was, it was what really made me become an unfan of Seth was when he won the Universal title for the first time, but before that it was after Roman left and he had his feud with Dean because I just, I, I, I'm always going to love Dean Ambrose more than I love Seth Rollins. That's just, nothing's going to change that. And... So I became, I unbecame a fan of him, you know? And it was like, I just, I, I hated what they were doing. I hated the story they were trying to tell. And then he went on to win the title. And the nightmare match he had with Brock at WrestleMania, because at that point I was actually a Brock fan again. Um, and so I was like, this is all just a fucking nightmare. His Both of his Universal title runs were kind of nightmares for me. And I didn't start turning that around and becoming a fan of him again until after he lost to the fiend. And then I was like, and he kind and he started his downward spiral. And I was like, wait, hold on, okay, this is kind of interesting. Like, I still believe that the Seth Rollins character. We will talk about this. I still have beliefs about the Seth Rollins character, where like the Seth Rollins character is a horrible person. <laughs> But it was so interesting to see what Colby could do with just this one character. Like, he never had to change into someone else. He just stayed the same character the entire time, but he shifted him. He had him react to things. He had him react to events like The Fiend. And it wasn't necessarily that I became a fan of, like, the stuff he was doing, because obviously he was a terrible, terrible person. <laughs> like, the character was just a horrible person during that time period. But it was so interesting to see that shift, and that's when I was like, okay, Seth Rollins is one of the reasons why I'm watching wrestling, 
is because I am just so intrigued and drawn in by what he's doing. Hmm. <laughs> Sorry, oh, that was um, before, eight, no, eight solid minutes of me talking about Seth Rollins. <laughs> before I start from the beginning of my story, I just want to say that you know, overall, the point I'm going to get to is that is one of the things that I always love and have loved about Seth Rollins that always kind of brings me back to him and why I hold him in such high regard is I feel like there aren't too many wrestling characters nowadays that have had the kind of journey and arc that Seth Rollins, the character, has had mm -hmm. from literally the moment he walked into WWE to where he is now it's all connected in one way or another and um i don't think that a lot of characters in wrestling or in wwe can can be said the same thing about them mm -hmm. um and i just love that about seth rollins as a character and then like you said um i hate calling wrestlers by their first name but like from the perspective of like colby lopez as an individual and in creating this character and in, in playing this character I have such a huge respect for him because of that because he, he, he's just done so many interesting things with it and always kept moving it and reacting to like the real reactions he was getting and even the reactions from his peers and like all of that stuff like it, it's like genuinely I believe Seth Rollins is one of the greatest wrestling characters in history. I will say I, I do in this <laughs> uh, I will probably have some a great deal of unkind things to say about the Seth Rollins character. And just to clarify before you talk about, you know, how, how you became a fan of him and all that, uh, I do want to clarify, none of that is about Colby. <laughs> like, I do have my issues with Colby Lopez, the person, because he just kind of strikes me as being kind of stupid sometimes. I say that in the most loving way. Like, he's stupid with a good heart. So, yeah. you know... I, even in, as the world's biggest Seth Rollins fan, as I will probably sound like throughout this, um, <laughs> I can agree. I think he definitely has a tendency to put his foot in his mouth sometimes, even though I am also of the belief that Seth Rollins is not wrong. <laughs> I think we will get into that. Oh, we um, will. So we have to. Like, you guys yeah, gonna hear us fight tonight. <laughs> <laughs> You're probably thinking, what is Seth Rollins not wrong about? Everything. Um, but he does also have a tendency to sometimes kind of put his foot in his mouth or not say things in a way that, you know, is the way that they maybe should be said. And so, yeah, he can be a little stupid, but, you know, that's one of those things that and, uh, and either you love it about him or you hate it. The other point I wanted to make, just real quick, before we get into this, to clarify it, because I do feel like this clarifies some of my opinions of the Seth Rollins character, again, nothing to do with Colby, I think he's a phenomenal worker. Um, a lot of my problems don't necessarily just come from the Seth Rollins character, it comes from WWE's presentation of him. Mm -hmm. Which we can talk about in a little bit, but a lot of it is the presentation of him in my perception, more than it is necessarily the things the character does. And I'll turn that over to you. <laughs> so how I became a Seth Rollins fan, if you know me, if you follow me anywhere, if even people in my family who don't know a damn thing about wrestling, <laughs> they know this about me. And that is that I love The Shield, because those are my boys. 
I love them. I said on the, on Twitter the other day, I said they raised me because it kind of dawned on me that um, they debuted when I was 10 years old. And next year will be the 10 year anniversary of The Shield and I will be turning 20 years old. Um, <laughs> and so that kind of struck a chord with me that I like really grew up and I'm still growing with these three idiots, um, Seth Rollins, Roman Reigns, Dean Ambrose. I. I've kind of always watched, at least in my early years, I always watched wrestling wrestling a little off and on because uh, I think we mentioned this in the last one. Um, I also am poor and I don't have cable now and I pretty much have never really had cable growing up. So um, I'd watch wrestling when we had cable and when we didn't have cable, I didn't watch wrestling. Um, and I remember The Shield debuting and I remember being like enthralled with them because I thought they were so cool, just the way that they looked, um, <laughs> the way that they carried themselves. Um, Boy, we had different initial reactions, didn't we? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's good. That kind of sets the tone for this. Um, but yeah, I, I just love, I loved them so much since the beginning. Like, I really always had such a, a thing about them. Um, I think Seth always caught my attention because of his moves in the ring, but also like Dean, just his kind of own personal swagger um, has always drawn me to him in another way um and in roman roman interestingly too i won't, won't say i didn't like roman because I, I liked roman but roman never really was that important to me in the early years of the shield wow so um, we possibly had the opposite reactions like just all over <laughs> yeah um like i i liked him i thought he was great i loved all three of them but like of the shield members i think i was more into dean and seth and it was like roman's really hot um <laughs> and they've all just continued to grow on me even more over the years i have nothing but great lovely things to say about those men like i said they raised me um but i i think for a long time i was really biased mostly towards dean as well just because like you said i kind of grew up of, of the three of them i probably grew up the most like dean um and kind of had the same relationship to wrestling as him um 2016 2017 i'll say between 2015 and 2017 were the years where i was really really getting into wrestling um, Seth turned on the shield. I think I genuinely had a lot of hate in my heart for him because of that. <laughs> he broke up the shield. It's I really did not fuck with Seth Rollins um, for like two years. I just didn't like him. And then he came back from his, in, in, his injury. And I was a little bit in the same boat as other people where it was like, He's been gone. I missed him. So I was happy that he was back. But also I was like, oh, yeah, you're still a little evil piece of shit. Um, and him getting involved in with Roman taking the title. And then Dean got involved in the story. They had that, like, uh, when Dean had his little talk show in 2016 and it was the three of them. I remember that segment like it was yesterday. Oh, my God. Um, and, again, I, I think I could probably say I was more biased towards Dean at that time. I don't think I really, really, really started to be a Seth Rollins, like, fan until he started with, where he called... How did he phrase it? I don't remember in the Stone Cold interview, but, like, where he was kind of in no man's land. That's what he said. Um, where he was technically still a heel, but he kind of was shifting towards being a face. He wasn't really doing anything special. Um, in that time and then 
2017, Dean came back over to Raw, and that feud happened. And again, if you follow me on social media, if you know me at all, <laughs> that feud is single-handedly like the most important wrestling feud to me. Um, and we're probably going to talk more about that later. Um, or that storyline, I should say, it wasn't a feud. It was Seth and Dean, um, where they got reunited. Um, that was a really rough time in my life, personally. And that feud really, really got me through it. Um, because I was like, the Shield is getting back together. I'm so happy. Um, and they did. And that was really important to me. I think ever since then, I've been like on the Seth Rollins wave. Um, and he's been a really I've been a really big fan of him he's it's gone from now whereas Dean was always my favorite I think Seth is my favorite now um just because of everything that we're probably going to talk about I I just love Seth he's great he's a little bitch but he's my little bitch so I do and I mentioned this briefly very briefly in the episode before this when it comes to Seth Rollins and Dean Ambrose uh, and their interactions. I do, again, there's a couple of things I have to clarify about this episode. Uh, so, not I, I won't go too much into it, but, so, this kind of explains why I feel the way I do about uh, this storyline, and I'm hoping that maybe if I say this now, it won't be as hard to talk about when we get more into it. Um, Because even, like, now, like, just sitting here, it was, like, my breathing picked up hearing you talk about it. Just as vaguely as you did about that storyline where they reunited. Uh, (laughs) Like, uh, so in, I, it must have been 20, late 2015, early 2016, it's hard for me to remember the exact dates because this kind of messed with my memory. But, again, not to give too many details, but I had a best friend of about eight years or so. We had been best friends since middle school. And uh, I was just trotting along in life thinking our friendship was fine. Um thinking that there was no ill will on either party's part. And all of a sudden, this person just simultaneously cuts me out of their life while also spending the next, like, six months harassing me. Just nonstop. Like, tagging my car. Like, actively vandalizing my car on multiple occasions vandalizing my friend's car, constantly anonymously messaging me, creating an entire blog just to message me, and just, it, it, it was non-stop for months, and so whenever I think about the storyline of, of Dean and, and Seth reuniting, it just... <sighs> That in particular, that part of it just is very difficult for me because of the experience that I had. And I, the reason I'm sharing that is because I feel like it would be irresponsible almost to come into this conversation 
without explaining why I react to that the way that I do. And recognizing that not everyone is going to have that kind of response to it. I do know there are a lot of people who dislike that storyline just for whatever reason they do. Some people love it, some people hate it, some people don't care. You know, like, you know, anything else that happens in wrestling. But I, I just, I wanted to make it very clear as to why this, and why I wanted to have an episode about Seth in general. Because Seth, to some degree, will always remind me of that person who did that to me. So it's... And just, again, just the character. Not, not you know, the person portraying him. Uh, but I, I felt that I can't have this conversation about Seth and about the relationships that the Seth Rollins character has without explaining why I view it the way that I view it. Because, you know, obviously when we consume media of any kind, wrestling, TV, a book, a movie... When we consume any kind of media, our perception of it is 100% colored by our own experiences and our own lives. And that's why, you know, you, Naya, your perception of this is going to be so vastly different from my perception of it. And I really also want to make sure everyone who's listening to this knows that while I will never change my opinion on this, like, ever, like, because it is set in stone, uh, I don't want anyone to think that, like, just because I react so strongly to it in a negative way, that I have any negativity towards Naya for her perception of it, because I recognize that her perception of it is not colored by experiences like what I had. It's entirely separate. It's, like, and... You know, I can't imagine that you have any major issues with the fact that it affects me the way it does. Because it's it's not. two completely different perceptions of the same thing. And it's fine for two people to, you know, even being as close as me and Naya are, it's okay for both of us to be, to react to those things in very different ways. And I don't want anybody to come out of this thinking that just because we are on, you know, polar opposites of certain things about, you know, Seth and, and that storyline. It, it, it doesn't mean anything. And I don't want anybody to think that I have a negative opinion of her and her opinion on it. It's just, you know, it's all colored by our own experiences and I need everybody to recognize that. Sorry. <laughs> Sorry. I, I Like I said, I just felt like I, you know, that's one of those things that... Yeah had to be included as like a disclaimer when you have a discussion such as you know you know you're going to be on different ends of the spectrum like you said like that storyline occurred in my life where i was struggling and it was an outlet for me to feel the opposite of what i was feeling in my day-to-day life so obviously i'm going to have great memories of it and be like oh my god i love this thing yeah i do love it but when if I if that had directly caused me any kind of harm, then of course I would have a different perspective on it. And that being said, both of our feelings are valid because both of us just have different, just different things that were going on in our lives at that time, mm-hmm. and the way that the storyline affected us 
in real life and that's completely okay because that's that's the way life works yeah exactly like i said like whenever we consume media that's how it works and mm-hmm. so you know obviously that was one of the major touchstones of his time in wwe so far was the i mean we might as well get into it now since that you know that is our next topic is Mm-hmm. That was so like <laughs> that to me was kind of the moment where they set in stone the perception that I was always going to have of Seth Rollins. And I'm going to get into that now again just to explain it for anything that we might talk about. Cuz my perception of Seth Rollins and again, this is heavily colored by the way that WWE in like its its like social media posts and its writing, in its commentary, and its booking, the way that they present Seth Rollins. And the way that they present Seth Rollins, the phrase I always use is uh, revisionist history. They always it's always to me come off as though they have tried to make Seth seem like at least for a period of time. They've done a little bit better a- about it ever since he did the Messiah thing. I feel like that's when they became a little bit more clear about, you know, Seth Rollins has been a dick this whole time. <laughs> but, uh, it... They they have always presented him as, you know... Not a hero. I don't want to say they've always presented him as a hero. But, like, once he turned face. Like, after he turned face and you know he reunited with dean and then the shield reunited is there was always this air of you know everybody forgive seth rollins for the absolute shit that he did and that has always bugged me because i feel like he never showed the remorse that i would say would make me sympathize with him again and i i have seen you know the apology to dean and all that. And every time I watch it, I'm like, this doesn't show as well on Seth as it does on Dean. And one of the reasons that I actually don't care for that segment, and I am saying, like, because this segment alone, not just necessarily this this storyline, but the segment, the one with the, like, he hands the, the chair to Dean and he's like, you know, it's and all that. You know the one I'm talking about. Um, is that, like, it just, like, the apology itself felt hollow, and the, like I said, it showed more of a positive light on Dean than it did on Seth. And then, they kind of made it worse because they kind of just never brought it up with Roman. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, they kind of were like, yeah, okay, that's, that's whatever. Roman. Okay, so... <laughs> <laughs> Which I always just thought, sorry, I always just thought that was weird. I was like, well, why does Dean get the apology? You hit Roman first. <laughs> like- okay, so I have two things about this. Okay, so the first thing I'm going to say um, for the listeners, I am on a very, I am on a very diligent mission to get WWE yes, she to is. start this feud between She's- Roman and Seth. I'm she on will it. not stop. I will not stop. <laughs> um, I will do whatever I have to do. 
to get this feud to happen because I'm very passionate about that. Um, and part of that, <laughs> and why I feel like this, one Excuse of the me. reasons why I feel like this feud must happen is because of the very fact that Roman never got an apology from Seth. And I think uh, a very interesting part of Roman's character, um, since he's returned as the tribal chief, is a little bit of like kind of getting come up and over people who have like kind of wronged him, like people who've screwed him over, like Kevin Owens and Brock Lesnar, even John Cena. Um, and I think Seth Rollins, who has screwed over Roman Reigns more than Seth Rollins? Nobody. Um, and he also, from that perspective too, of you talking about like Seth as a character never really righting those wrongs and because I don't know if it's because I'm a crazy person but I pretty much have this feud already like mapped out in my head um and part of it I think would be interesting to take on is that fact with Seth of righting wrongs that he never really righted um and that he needs to fix if he were to turn back face um and I just think that would be an interesting aspect and I think that, that it's necessary for him to attempt to apologize to Roman and even Roman reacting from the perspective of whether or not he thinks Seth is being genuine or not. Um, but to the I will say apology, also, before you get to the apology, can I just say how annoying it was that they didn't like really jump on that a couple months ago when they like had Seth like barge into Roman's room and everything and they were like, Ooh, look at this, look at these two and I was like, Well, give it to us then <laughs> my disdain for Becky like show through, but part of it's her fault. No, and I'm being so serious about this because I feel like they've been like hinting at it and dropping hints so that they can like build to it and so that it could keep being something that's in the back pocket that they can just jump at whenever they're ready to. I feel like that's what they were doing. But then they came back and did the dick move of putting the belt on her. And they have this rule, <laughs> if you don't know this in WWE, they have this rule where married couples stay on the same brand. Um, so I think they came, it came down to, okay, do we want to keep Becky on SmackDown or do we want to put her on Raw? We want to put her on Raw. Well, if we put Becky on Raw, we got to put Seth on Raw. Well, fuck Seth. We got to do what we got to do with Becky. And I genuinely feel like it's her fault. Um, not her watch, fault, but her fault. Watch, they're going to real quick have Seth get the title off of Big E, and the only Rawlings feud you're going to get is Roman versus Seth at Survivor Series. That would be you're awful. You're not the first person to say that. You're not the first person to say that. It would be so and bad. It would make me even more upset because <laughs> I feel like I, more than anything, I want the one off Big E Roman Reigns match and the Rawlings feud. Versus the more people are like, <laughs> right? some my friend said that to me, and I was like, no, I don't want that. And she was like, yeah, sure. And I'm like, I'm, no, I'm serious. That That's not what I want. But no, even I don't anyway. want that. And I'm not invested yeah. like you are. But, like, that, it would just, like, I could totally see them doing that and trying it's to make a feud out of it. But it, it would not, it would not give the satisfaction that a full-on feud would. Exactly. Like, it, the moment for them to have, because WWE... <laughs> I'm not even going to get into it. Okay, yes, yeah, sorry. The apology. <laughs> the apology. <laughs> Let's... Yo, we, just real quick, we also need to talk about Seth and Brock a little bit. At least we, we need to we touch on that. Because that. that's his other, like, and Finn, honestly. Because Finn was an important yeah. part of me becoming a Seth fan. Sorry, continue. Yeah. The apology. We can get to that in a minute. The apology. So I was talking about this, actually, because um, every once in a while I'll go down memory lane and I will rewatch that apology. And I know it word for word, like, it's ingrained in my brain. Um, <laughs> yes, I saw you tweeting about it. That's actually what got you muted. 
Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I was talking about it with my friend. Um, we were discussing it because we were kind of talking about the different ways that we feel like Seth is misunderstood as a character. Mm-hmm. And that kind of came up because I, during the Stone Cold interview, he talked about that, where he said he felt like, as a character, Seth Rollins needed to, to apologize to Dean Ambrose in order for him to be accepted as a face and to genuinely, like, really make that face turn. Because otherwise, everything would have continued to feel, I think the word you use was hollow. Yeah. Because, um, I mean, also, because Dean so- was... Dean was the baby face, you know? He was the baby face. He really was. And then I think, too, like, it would have been... It would have been even more insane if they just went back to being friends without having acknowledged that. We would have all been standing around like, what the fuck? Yeah, I will say, like, even... You're just not gonna say anything about that? Even disliking all of it, I'm just like, at least they did something, you know? Like, at least they were, like, threw it out there. Yeah, so... I'll give them that. Um, we... So the perspective that I kind of see that, so I said that to say I was doing my thread about the Stone Cold interview and I put that quote in there and a couple different people were like, but he didn't even really apologize to me. And I know that me and you had had that conversation before and I had even pointed that out too in one of my many watchings of this of like I was like when you think about it he really didn't apologize to me it was more or less I've moved on from this situation and I expect that you have too and that's not an apology because it's not the greatest apology out there (laughs) you good you still there Give us just one second, everybody. We'll be back in just a moment. Do it. Hey, guys, we're back. Sorry about that. We had a technical issue. It's uh, been resolved. Thank you very much. Yes. yes. Um, I don't remember what I was saying. Uh, you we were, were talking, talking about the apology. Yeah, and you were kind of mentioning how he said that, uh, about how you said that it wasn't really an apology so much as like a let's all move on from the situation yes so i agree with people when people are critical of seth and a critical of his apology where where they say that he it was kind of a non-apology and more of why haven't you moved on because i have um which obviously is not okay because at the end of the day seth was the one who did the wrong thing not dean so of course you are going to want to move on and he's going to feel quote unquote stuck in the past because he's hurt by what you did dingus um <laughs> but appreciate the also... words or dingus <laughs> <laughs> i talk about seth that way out of love by the way anybody listening i do love seth <laughs> but i'm gonna call him names because um i was in the middle of my seth rollins meet and greet and the first thing that crossed my mind when we connected was um fucking nerd so (laughs) that's just how i feel about him um but i feel like where i kind of differ in my perspective is i think that seth kind of is a very rough around the edges person i think he's even kind of like that a little bit in real life if you see how he talks and how he interacts with people he's just very straightforward and blunt and even when he is being genuine or being like kind just the way that he talks is so abrasive that it sometimes can come off as like like he's being rude or like he's being like aggressive and i don't think he always means to be that way um i think within the context of this it can be said that like 
maybe he even said like I've never said this before I've never done this before he doesn't know how to apologize to somebody unless we're gonna assume that the Seth Rollins character went to therapy for eight months before apologizing <laughs> to Dean you know where would he have learned besides being a grown-ass man that like how to apologize to somebody or how to admit that he's wrong and I think that in that moment maybe he perhaps realized which is why he went with okay if you don't because Dean says to him after that like I said I have this whole thing memorized in my head <laughs> Dean says to him after that I hear you I hear you talking but you know you're not saying anything meaning like Dean probably feels the same way that a lot of us felt hearing Seth's apologies that you just apologized but you didn't you know it, it doesn't sound like it means anything it, it, it's very hollow and so he tells him like okay hit me with the chair then because he knows he's not good at expressing his emotions through words so he wants to use his actions and he knows that that is something symbolic in their relationship that's what i did to you and i'm willing to put myself in harm's way i'm willing to let you do it back to me so that i can show you that that i that i am not that person anymore and that i have changed like you know even in other segments they had you know where dean kept telling seth like i don't trust you i don't trust you and seth kept trying to convince him that he was a different person um you know dean says to him at one point you know are you, am i supposed to believe that you're just some good guy now and seth says i'm working on it um like i i just feel like the thing that i feel pe people misunderstand is that everyone kind of thinks that Seth was specifically being manipulative or specifically being disingenuous. I just think he's a little idiot who doesn't know how to express his emotions. And so it just didn't come out the way that a normal person would apologize. It came out in a Seth way. See, I think that's one of the issues I've always had with this character because I think that I don't think, and I will, I do say one of my constant comments about the Seth Rollins character is that he is an abusive character and I'm thinking now necessarily that's not true because abuse is a series of actions that you consciously decide upon abuse is a series of actions and behaviors that you decide to do to a person I think what I need to rephrase it as is Seth Rollins is a toxic character <laughs> Yeah, because I, I can agree with. Because I, th I think he is not consciously, actively making the choice. He is not doing those conscious actions. That is just what he believes is okay to do, mm -hmm. and so that's why his interactions with Dean always wigged me out. Because I was like, you are being very toxic. And it didn't it didn't help that, you know, Seth would, you know, oh, like, really lean into the whole Dean's a lunatic thing. And it was clear that after a point, that bothered Dean. Right. And that wasn't something he was comfortable with, especially from Seth. So, I think, yeah, that's, I feel like... I have to rescind calling him an abusive character and say, you know, he's a toxic character. Like, he <laughs> uh, just 
genuinely is someone who doesn't understand that the things that he is doing are unhealthy for the people around him. Mm-hmm. So, I think you made a good point with that. I don't think any of that was like, because I don't, I do think, and this almost makes it worse, you know what I mean? I do think that in character, in canon, the storyline, the apology that he made to Dean, I think that was as genuine of an apology as a Seth Rollins character, especially at that point in time, could perform. Right. And to me, the issue with it is just that it was just a shitty apology. <laughs> like, it was just it was a bad... A apology, it was a shitty, right? toxic apology. <laughs> I mean, like... <laughs> I moved on, man. What's it gonna take for you to move on? Right? Because... It just, oh wow, that's stupid. Sorry, unrelated to the topic at hand, I just ordered something from eBay and it's supposed to get here by November 22nd. So, <laughs> God damn it, I'm just trying to get my tattoo cups. God damn it. I ran out of tattoo ink cups, so I haven't been able to tattoo anything and I'm very frustrated. But <laughs> it's probably because I think it's shipping from China so I think there's like oh, an yeah. issue but still god damn it the only ones I could get from the US cost like four times as much and it's the exact same thing like the ones in the US are made in China it's it's, it's a mess sorry oh, yeah. but <laughs> but no it uh, uh uh but yeah with with Seth and the apology I do think that like that is genuinely the best that he could do and part of the problem and that's honestly what led to me having more of a problem with you know the like late 2018 and the 2019 feuding with brock the it's what gave me trouble believing him as a face especially a baby face especially a top baby face and one of the reasons why when he started the messiah stuff i was like well hold on there's something here because they leaned into it they leaned into you know seth being a a just generally toxic human being (laughs) and that's why i feel like there were points during his face run where it kind of like slipped through. Like I vividly remember him cheating to beat Elias in a match, and I thought that they would acknowledge that, and they just never did. See, like, and that's uh, hey, what the fuck was that? That's the revisionist history, because WWE went through hoops and ladders to present Seth as some kind of ultimate babyface, and actually, part of it was at the expense of Roman Reigns. Not in the sense of, like, he never apologized to him and the Shield kept reuniting despite the fact that Seth Rollins was just as bad to Roman as he was to Dean. But, it's, and they did this for years. And it's something that they, that I never let go of. Because <laughs> they started calling Seth the Kingslayer. You know what I mean? Like, you know, because he beat Triple H. They started calling him the beast slayer and the monster slayer because of brock and Braun, and i'm like roman beat all of them first like i forgot i forgot how i ended up having that conversation with someone but i did and it just bugged the hell out of me because i was like wait is true in hell. I've never thought about that. <laughs> and it, it, but yeah, you see what I mean, though, because like, yeah, genuinely, 
Roman did all of it first. And you know what? Oh, no, 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 no. Hold on. Wait, I'm going to be so mad if that did what I think it did. Oh, I'm going to be so mad. There is a solid chance that some of that didn't get recorded. Are you kidding me? I don't... Okay, I think it's fine. I'm going to do something really quick and pause this. Sorry, everybody. We're going to have another technical issue because apparently... Clean Feed doesn't want us to talk about Seth Rollins. Seth, I know you own Clean Feed. You're trying to keep the slander out. <laughs> Let me pause this. We'll be back in just a moment. Okay, guys, we're back. We're currently waiting on an audio file to convert so that I can listen to it and make sure that we didn't lose all that. So you guys will find out what the fuck I'm talking about if that if there's just a big empty space <laughs> in this podcast. <laughs> If it didn't record TLDR, um, <laughs> we came to the realization that Seth maybe is an abusive character. Instead of being abusive, he's more toxic would be a better word to use. Yes. And that he's not being a piece of shit on purpose all the time. Sometimes and that doesn't excuse his being a piece of shit. Right. It but excuse it, but you know, it wasn't an active malicious choice so much as him just being an unpleasant person. Which right. And then on top of that, it's an interesting juxtaposition, I think I used that word correctly, that everything that Seth gets credited for doing, Kingslayer, Beastslayer, Monster Slayer, all that, beating all these people, Roman did it first. Um, and what I was going to say before we realized the thing about the files was that that Damn you, clean is feed. all the more reason to <laughs> yeah. them to I, I would pop so hard if they actually brought that up. You know what I mean? Because they never will. Because I just, I don't think WWE is capable of, again, it's a revisionist history about Seth Rollins. I don't think WWE is capable of consistently actually saying we were wrong. This is, you know, the way things actually are. But but if Roman thinks about it, which I don't know if he will, I don't know how he approaches things like that. I'm about to DM that bitch. If Roman, if Roman thinks about it, Roman will say it in a promo. And if I got, I have to personally, <laughs> if I can get, if I can get Misha Collins in my DMs, I can get Roman Reigns in my DMs. I will personally send a letter to the performance center. And listen, Roman, you need to know this information. Which, just real quick, t- because I have to mention this in every episode, Timothy Thatcher, I sent you a letter to the performance center. Please respond before I start putting, mo- before I start sending missing posters to the performance center. He's under a rock somewhere hiding. Hiding but from yeah. me. Sorry, continue. Yeah. yeah, I just... It's... And, you know, obviously... It, it, and I will say this. Before we move on to Roman, because Roman is kind of the other important relationship. Well, he's one of a handful of important relationships that the Seth Rollins character has had. Which also, I don't feel like we have to include Becky because that added nothing to the character. Um, no, 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 no. But... The thing I'll wait till we get to the Roman part to say what I have to say about that actually. Go what, ahead. What really bugged me about Dean and Seth was when Dean turned on Seth after Roman left. Um because they wanted me to believe so bad that Dean was the bad guy. And I just could not read it as Dean being the bad guy. I couldn't. Even when he said what he said about Roman, I was like, this is not a bad guy to me. You know what I mean? This is someone who is finally... Because, okay, the way I read it, 
is that at the end of the day, Dean only really got back in the shield for Roman. And again, that's my perception of it. Because the relationship between Dean Ambrose and Roman Reigns was always closer and healthier (laughs) and more consistent than the relationship between Seth and either of them. Um, Which, you know... That's in part because of Seth's own actions. Because of him turning on the shield. And and him turning on the shield, which arguably one could even say that one of the reasons he turned on the shield was because he wanted to get out from under the shadow mm-hmm. that those two were building. Because obviously, mm-hmm. you know, they were kind of the... I don't want to say yeah. they were the breakout stars, but, you know, they were... They got a lot of the attention. They were the and ones so, that everybody, like, saw as becoming the big stars coming out of yeah. the shield. Like, clearly the company was really behind Roman, and then the fans were really behind Dean, so it was kind of like... Yeah. They had a and trajectory. He didn't. So, after he turned on them... When they did the reuniting thing, to me, that read as Dean being like, this gets me back to Roman. This gets me back to this. And I do think there was a little bit of, again, just character motivation. Him wanting it to be like it was before the turn. Before, yeah. And beyond that, I think that after a point, Dean just never really liked Seth. (laughs) Like, just being around him you know what i mean because it never seemed like they were quite as close whereas even roman and seth could be Mm -hmm. closer because i do think roman and we'll talk about this in a little bit i think roman reigns is inherently up to a point up to a recent year or two he's an inherently forgiving character but with dean when they when when joe left um and they for whatever reason decided to like make have dean turn on seth to me that didn't read as dean being a bad guy it read to me as dean being like well the only reason i was here is fucking gone for the worst reason possible why do i care anymore about this dude Mm -hmm. fuck him fuck him for all the shit he's done to me fuck him for never really apologizing fuck him for constantly calling me a lunatic and stuff and all this shit that he's done and Seth still never apologized (laughs) he still never made up for it and so it just it always to me vibed as though like they wanted me so bad to believe that Dean was the bad guy and I was like no I'm sorry he's not he is a very traumatized character reacting to someone who caused him a great deal of trauma and this to me and again this is absolutely colored by my own experiences but i cannot believe that he was a bad guy and even with like this people will always be like well of course he's a heel look at what he said about roman and i'm like okay if the person you loved more than anyone else in the world all of a sudden left you after never telling you about this (laughs) like you would be a little mad too (laughs) (laughs) like that's obviously terrible it was still inexcusable of them to bring it up at all but realistically you get mad at people when they leave you even if it's for something out of their control you get mad at people when they leave you or when you feel abandoned by them that's a normal thing to feel and in the context of the dean ambrose character that had been built he look i'm gonna turn this into an ambrades episode but (laughs) (laughs) but 
when you when you turn it into the context of the Dean Ambrose character that had been built up to that point, of course, this traumatized, fucked up little dude is gonna respond in a way that's you know lashing out because that's. Yeah, I think... Continue. Okay. Um, I think too, like that's why I've always been very big that that feud was not handled the way that it should have been because I think that that story that you're telling I that's what I always got out of that too from watching Dean's Chronicle listening to Dean when he was like like when he was actually turning on Seth the stuff he was saying to him I felt like that all set the storyline up to go in just the, that direction that you were saying just now which would have been the most sensible direction for that yeah. to go literally starting from when Dean returned because when he returned which I think we later on realized that that energy he had was because he wasn't happy in WWE anymore and he was ready to leave but oh know, man Dean's when, return oh. when it came when he did come back you could feel the energy was off of him when he came back to help, help Seth it wasn't enthusiastically it was like fine you know and what I mean let like, me just real quick this and again, turning it into an Ambrains episode for a hot minute. Nothing about that pisses me off more than the fact that they had Dean come back for Seth. Seth on the yeah. same night that Roman got fucking pepper sprayed by Paul Heyman. Oh it was the same God. fucking night. It was the same night. It was the same night. This genuinely oh makes me so upset. Because you cannot tell me that Dean... In any universe, Dean Ambrose wouldn't have been running out there trying to bite Paul Heyman's scalp like an angry little dog because of that. Like, explain to me, and then Brock comes out and attacks him, and you want to say that you want me to believe that they're waiting until Braun Strowman <laughs> attacks Roman? Like, really? You want me to believe that? No. It was ridiculous. I, I remember all of it from that moment, from the time Dean returned to literally to to Roman coming back from his announcement. I think all of that was incredibly mishandled. That's why people kind of rejected the feud that the way, the way that they did because it was there was such a clear and concise story that they could have told there, which was Dean just lost his best friend. He's and he's lashing out. He is, he's angry, he's sad, he's even, scared. And I know they right, and I know they wanted him to be a heel, but that was an instance in a story where there didn't need to be a heel. They could have just been telling the story that they were ready to tell. Right? And you could tell is, a story where two people are angry and scared and yeah, feeling because, unsure without either of them being bad guys. Because another where and like to kind of tie this in with Seth Rollins and where and my argument that I feel like Seth Rollins had a lot of the times as a character is misunderstood where connecting it back to with that apology where people always claim like he was being mis he was being manipulative or whatever. I don't think that's true because when Dean turned on Seth, Seth didn't fight Dean back. If he was just manipulating him the whole time, just trying to get what he wanted and blah 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 then I think that in that moment he would be like, fuck this guy, and just immediately started going back see, at him. I dis Sorry, see, I disagree, because something that manipulative people will do, and that's the thing, I don't think he's being manipulative on purpose. I do think he's being manipulative, I just don't think it's on purpose. I think that's his natural state. And the reason that I say that about this in particular is because when someone who is toxic like that 
wants to make you feel bad, they will not fight you back. They will let you lash out and do what they want and do what you want, and then they will be like, you know, oh, you know, that was that was really hurtful when you did that. And, you know, I've been so good to you this whole time. I just, you know, I can't believe that you would do that to me. Like, that's what they will do. And that, to me, is what, like, cinched it, you know, where I was like, oh, Seth, you little piece of shit. Because <laughs> I was like, if you fought him back, then I would have been like, at least there's something, you know? There's something where I you're trying to, like... He didn't, like, so the first time when, when, um, Dean first returned, I mean, when Dean first turned, um, that when, when he first turned, Seth reached out to him, and a lot of people, like, speculate on if this was in character or if he was talking to him, like, in real life because of what had happened that day of, like, him telling, like, it's okay. It's okay. You know what I mean? I do think a little, um, I will say, I do think a little bit of that was probably Colby talking to John and being like, right. dude, it's a, we have to do this, you know? Yeah. And I think, too, like, which God, is horrible. Kind of <laughs> yeah, that was, uh, like, I'll watch a lot of, like, stuff back because I watch a lot of stuff back, but those, that's one thing that I can't even watch back to, like, get a kick out of it because it's so genuinely, like, that was just such an emotional night, and I remember... I just, I didn't want to... <laughs> like, literally, so... I didn't even know that it happened. <laughs> until later that night, because after the thing with Joe, I literally just sat on my porch and cried for, like, three hours. Oh, like, me too. <laughs> so um, I didn't even know that it happened. And then I found out that it happened, and I was like, are you fucking serious? And it wasn't dude, even... That was it was a very insane night, um, and we're coming up on the anniversary of that, love that. But, um, like, and then, too, when he was, like, beating him, and he was, like, kind of talking to him, and Seth just kind of took it. And then for, like, two weeks after that, he just kept taking it, and he really didn't come after Dean, I think. I can't remember if it was until Dean said what he said about Roman, or it may have been, like, a week before that, that Seth actually decided, like, okay, now I'm mad at you. Um... Well, she didn't have but, the right to be, I'm just saying. <laughs> I, think, I think, too, and you know what, no, because I was I was watching, too, back where Roman came back and he told Seth that he wanted the shield back. What Seth said then stuck out to me, too, was that he seemed like he was more upset that Dean did it when he did it, not necessarily that Dean did it at all. I don't think he was upset that Seth, that Dean turned on him, more or less that he turned on him the same day that their best friend announced that he had cancer. Which like, <laughs> is selfish on Seth's part. Do you see where I'm coming from with this? Yeah, like, the I fact see. that he's mad that, you know, Dean couldn't control his emotions, especially because, like I said, one of the things I always harp on is that Seth always, like, got, like, was always talking about Dean's, like, a lunatic, you know? Mm-hmm. And, I don't know, maybe this is just coming from someone who has quite a few of the scary mental illnesses that like if somebody who was supposed to be my friend who didn't experience those things kept calling me that and kept bringing it up and then had the gall to be like oh you can't control your emotions you can't control yourself i would have lost my mind but the other thing though that and because again i I, i'd like to wrap up on dean a little bit move on to some of the other Mm -hmm relationships and stuff but one of the things that got me about this was what really this was what really did it 
Like, more than anything else, it was the night Dean left. It was, like, his full-on, the Shield's last chapter, the little special that they did. I can't watch that. Because it was, it was just the Seth show. It wasn't about Dean. It wasn't about this dude who had given so much that people loved so genuinely like it was in Seth's home state near his hometown they went to you know all his places for like the day before and it was all about you know like even like the promos at the end it was like you know oh look how far this has gotten Seth because he had the title at the time and that I I don't even have words because every time I think about it I'm just like they made Dean's entire farewell about Seth. About Seth. And yeah. it was so frustrating because I was like, don't, like, he does not need to be, the central piece of Dean Ambrose's journey does not need to be Seth Rollins. It needs to be Dean Ambrose. <laughs> and yeah. like, and it just, it just sucked, you know? Because like, he really had done so much for WWE. And even, and there are some things that me and Mr. Jonathan uh, disagree about pretty vehemently. Namely, his match with Brock. But... <laughs> uh, conversation for another day. <laughs> conversation for another fucking day. But I wanted him so badly. Even though I knew that he was going to end up in AEW and all that. I knew he was going to go do his edgy white boy shit. I was like, I want... I just want this one night to focus on him because like even when you think about the night he won the title it didn't even focus on him it was a match between roman and seth like yeah. that he then cashed in on afterwards and it's like yeah. <laughs> you know you what i mean like in, in which and i think too like that's kind of like the story of dean's life a little bit but Yes, no, and it's as, far, as far as being a WWE goes, <laughs> but yeah. Um, and it's always been so that he can hold this, like, second candle to Seth. And I'm like, that's mm-hmm. not what I want. And it's frustrating. And that's why the WWE that exists in my head is so much better. <laughs> <laughs> Just like the supernatural that lives in my head. <laughs> so I guess we could talk about Roman and Seth. Yeah, um, what a special relationship that they have. Yes, I, I think okay. So <laughs> it's so interesting because, like you mentioned earlier, like it always seemed like Dean and Roman, and then Roman and Seth were much tighter than Dean and Seth ever were. And Seth has said as much, like as far as their relationships go in real life, like he said as much, like that. Him yeah, and never really were that close outside of being in the ring yeah. together. Um. And I think that really, really shows in that Seth and Roman's characters, in my opinion, and also in different ways, very much parallel each other. And that probably mm-hmm. makes no sense. But like, I think that they they gone down similar paths, but they and they've arrived at similar destinations, but they've done things in a different way. Like, I think Seth has had a lot more up and downs. Whereas with to get to this point where he's like this crazy suit man and then with a chip on his shoulder and a superiority complex, whereas Roman has arrived in a similar place, but it was been it's been more of a like building to that. 
but I, also on the flip side of things. Go ahead, sorry. I just, well, I'm, I feel like you honestly were probably going to end up touching on it anyway, but part of the thing that interests me about the Dean, the, not Dean, I'm so used to talking about Dean and Roman, <laughs> the Seth and Roman, again, Ambrane's five ever, um, the <laughs> Seth and Roman parallel is that, yeah, I do think that Roman had fewer ups and downs, and I think that even with all the time that he spent getting booed, which actually, if you go back, watch the game tape, he doesn't actually get booed that much. Like, halfway through all of his matches, everybody's cheering for him, so, like, it really wasn't, like, as crazy as people think it was. Um, it was just a lot of online blue and some people booing it, like, pay-per-views and stuff. Like, go back and watch, trust me. It's not as crazy as people make it out to be. But, it almost seems like part of the story that's always been building between, and I would love if they actually touched on this, part of the story that's always been building between Seth and Roman is that even though they made, like, I still remember Corey Graves saying death, taxes, and Rollins beats Reigns. Mm -hmm. You know, those are the three undeniable things in life. Something that I think that has always been a part of it is I think Seth has always been jealous. That's it. That's the thing. That's like, the thing, and I think that, like, it's it always seems like everything that, no matter what Seth did, no matter what Seth accomplished, or no matter what Seth, like, what new height Seth reached, yeah, that Roman has always just been a, I wouldn't say a bigger deal than him, but, like, no matter what, like, Seth is a Grand Slam champion, he's won the Royal Rumble, he's done everything that Roman has done except main event WrestleMania, and- And he also did it second. <laughs> yeah, and he, yeah, he's done everything Roman has done, but Roman will always just be a little bit of a step higher than him because he's just that guy. And like he's we were just- just that guy. Like we were just saying, like, one of the consistent things is that WWE presents stuff that Seth has done- as, you know, like, the King Slayer, the Beast Slayer, and stuff like that, as being, like, the special, unique, look at my special handsome boy thing, when Roman kind of did it first. <laughs> so, like, when I say that, I'm not saying it, like, to be dismissive of Seth's accomplishments, it's just, like, you know, who won the Rumble first? Roman. Yeah. Who beat Triple H first? Roman. The year before. <laughs> the only thing that Seth did first was win a title, which he had to do by interrupting by Roman main eventing by yes. <laughs> interrupting yes. Roman's main event of WrestleMania that he got before Seth. <laughs> so, and like, again, in terms of things that I'm that I'm like gunning for this Rollins feud for, and that I feel like should be touched on, of why this feud is so, and I feel like this feud is so important, um, is because because it'll finally kick Seth so Rollins in the teeth. <laughs> and, and, that, and there's just so much to go off of. I feel like there's so much to touch on. Like, there's so much to get out of this. There's so much, especially at the place that both of their characters are at now. They've got so much history, both with each other and, like, outside of each other, that they've done so much of the same and that they've rivaled each other so much without even really crossing paths because every time they've ever been about to feed, something has gotten in the way. Sorry, um, sorry, real quick. Yeah, if you hear weird noises, that's me shuffling through a box. Real quick. I'm looking oh, for a fun. nail. Sorry. 
But yeah, there's so much. There's just so much there. There's just so much content. There's so much for them to to, to work with there. Do you um, ever? Sorry, as a Raw Lanes feud truther, do you ever feel as though there's so much to work with that there's no way that they can get it right? Um, no, and I'll tell you. Well, I am of the belief that if they let Seth and Roman do what they need to do with the feud. Like, I'm not saying be completely hands-off, because obviously there needs to be structure, and I am yeah. a believer of that, which we will talk about, I think, in the AEW episode. But, fun. Um, <laughs> I think that if they let Seth and Roman handle it, that they can get it right. And that even whatever they do leave out or, or don't touch on, it won't be missed. Because they'll fill it with so much of everything else that does need to be touched on. That it is yeah. Fun. I think that Roman and Seth are very comfortable with each other, both in the ring and, like, they're close friends, so I think that when it comes to cutting promos on each other, I think that they can really go far, and it won't be, like, it won't, like, hurt, there's not gonna be a question of, what can I say without, like, legit hurting this guy's feelings. Yeah. Um, I think that they can take it as far as they need to take it, and I think they, that, for me, um, kind of kidding me? Similar to the, similar to the Ambrolins thing. Um, I was discussing with someone where I remember uh, there was a thing about Triple H had gotten mad at Seth and Dean because they hugged in the ring before they were ready to like actually officially do the reunion but I think that for people don't even remember that that hug happened because no one cares about the hug we care about the fist bump because the shield I think little things like that whereas Vince and Triple H and uh, Bruce Pritchard and all that they might think certain things are important or certain things need to be done but yeah. I think Roman and Seth they know their fans and they know what we're going to react to and they know their little points of nuance and their little points of like um interest that they're going to touch on and it'll all work I will say I do think if out of because I am not particularly one way or another attached to the Rawlings team, uh but I feel like the only thing that I can think of that I really truly would would want out of it because obviously Roman, right now, and I do think that this feud has to take place with Roman's current character of being the head of the table and all that. Um, <laughs> I feel like it has to take place within this framework because Roman's character currently, at the end of the day, is all about family and what has he always called Seth? Seth. Little... This is what I was saying. Okay, this is what I was saying too. Because it's like hearing someone talk about a conspiracy theory, but it's like actually interesting and real. <laughs> I don't think people understand how like it's kind of almost embarrassing when you really put it into perspective. But I don't think people understand how much I actually sit around and think about this. When I say that I have this entire thing mapped out in my head, that's a real thing. I'm not. I'm not exaggerating. That's not a joke. I'm serious. Me with my hangman um, page. <laughs> thing <laughs> like this is a real thing and i think that like i get this new it's such a little shield encyclopedia like something <laughs> roman has always said is you'll always be my little brother like yep. even when yep. turned on the shield the first time yeah roman always called him little brother always when seth got injured Roman quote tweeted him and was like, you get that knee together, little brother, and Seth in character was like, fuck you, keep my title warm. Like, yeah. it's, it's been there this entire time. It's been yep. building and building and building for years. And that is such an important, like, again, that's another thing that they can touch on, is the family aspect. 
I considered you family, you betrayed my trust. And you never apologized to me for that. And then Seth coming in just like, I don't know, three years too late, six years too late to be like, oh, well, I am sorry. I didn't think you cared. And, you know, Roman reacting to that, how Roman would react to that, which I think yeah. he's pretending to accept apology and then dealing with that. <laughs> <laughs> I like, I do like that how, like, even like from the Seth Rollins fans I've seen who have talked about this is like, uh, at the end of the day, they mostly do just want to see Seth get his ass kicked. <laughs> like, yes, yes. I think that's how you know if you're truly, if someone's truly your favorite, if you're not just okay with, but eager to sometimes see them get their asses kicked. Exactly. And to the Roman fans, is the first time I brought this up, literally the first day when Seth got drafted to SmackDown, <laughs> these tweets still exist. I'm a crazy person. Um... That a lot of Roman fans were like coming at me and be like, no, we don't want this. Like, no, I'm not saying they need to feud so Seth can beat Roman. I 100% believe that Roman should beat Seth. Um, Roman should beat the shit out of Seth. He should beat the shit out of Seth. But that's why I want to see it because I think that there's a story to be told of Roman finally getting his comeuppance over this man who has essentially made his life hell over the past almost decade, despite the fact that they were friends for most of that. Yeah. Like, and another thing is, like, I do finally want to see that whole Rollins beats Reigns thing put to rest. I want that gone. Exactly. And here's my little thing, um, and something I learned in wrestling training. You're telling a story, and in a wrestling match, you often see this happening. Um, when you're trying to create a, a moment, um, so, like, for example, in the shine or in the heat of a match, right, when the heel is, like, making their comeback, their cutoff, Usually, it'll go something like this. Like, the baby face will, like, forearm the heel in the face. And then they'll hit the ropes and forearm the heel in the face again. And then you're thinking, oh my god, they're about to come forearm the heel in the face again and, you know, take them out. But instead, the heel will, like, come chokeslam them or something. That's the cutoff, right? And it creates for a bigger moment and a more, like, it'll draw more of a reaction out of you because it it's stepped on your expectation. That's what this feud would be. Rollins always beats Reigns, so you go into it thinking, well, he beat him the last three times, why wouldn't he beat him again? But it'll elicit a, bit of, a bigger reaction out of fans if Seth, if Seth loses this time. Yeah. Like... I my case. <laughs> yeah, it's just, uh... One... Sorry, guys, we had to pause again. I know you guys don't actually hear the pauses. Everything gets all, you know, spliced together. Uh, but what were we talking about? Uh, I know we were still on Roman. Roman. Roman I was just, um, again, making my case for the Rollins feud, (laughs) as I do. Um. (laughs) Well, we all appreciate that. Yeah. (sighs) Cause... I mean, at the least, if it doesn't happen, you all will have heard me talk about it so much that you know what it could have been. See, I kind of, I will say, with the Rawlings feud, and this is where we just, you know, take a small segment of the episode to talk about fantasy booking. I will say, I don't know if this Rawlings feud can necessarily coexist with my desire to have Jay overcome Roman. Because I feel like the one for, with Seth does have to be for the title. It like doesn't necessarily have to be, but I feel like it would work better if it were for the title as opposed to like Roman and the Rock where you could do it mm-hmm. without a title and it wouldn't be a big deal. Um because 
I just don't think there would be time for the Rawlings feud to happen between now and WrestleMania next year, where Jey Uso absolutely does need to, you know, beat Roman for the title. <laughs> okay, so see, that's where we differ, that I think you believe that Jey has to beat Roman at WrestleMania. I think Ro- Jey just needs to beat Roman eventually, and that's why I'm okay, where I feel like now is actually the perfect time to start the Rawlings feud if they would have started it right now, and they could have booked it slowly between now and WrestleMania. See, like it I doesn't... Said, it's playing out in my head. It doesn't have to be at WrestleMania. It's just, like, that is the biggest stage, and I want Jey Uso's story to culminate at the biggest stage. I want him to have that WrestleMania moment. You know what I mean? Like, the yeah. only other... Okay, so, like, here's the alternate to that. So, let's say... You know, my plan comes to fruition, right? And... Jay turns on Roman at the day one pay-per-view. He wins the Rumble. He goes on... It's obvious that he's going to pick Roman for WrestleMania. Until... He ends up, like... You know, kind of getting a little buddy-buddy with, let's say, Adam Pearce. And saying, hey, can I trade my WrestleMania main event for the main event of another pay-per-view? Because... In character, let's say he doesn't care about it being at WrestleMania. He cares about doing it... Like, let's say maybe they managed to get, like, a SummerSlam in Florida. So they're like, well, I want to do it at home in front of our family. I want to show our family that I can be the head of the table. And then we get, let's say, this whole time, Jay and Jimmy start to feud. It's like Jay eliminates Jimmy from the Rumble, they feud heavily, and then they have a match at WrestleMania. Like one of those classic brother versus brother, you know, one of those matches, you know what I mean? That's when I could see the Rawlings feud taking place. But even then, it wouldn't feel right because you would have Jay built up as this big number one baby face and then all of a sudden he's not getting that payoff do you see what i mean like there's no real way for this to coexist at least not in the case of like seth and roman fighting at wrestlemania and that's also like i do know like that's what they want to do like they both of them want that but (laughs) it's like okay i will also to make the case that the reason why it is important that it happened at wrestlemania and specifically this wrestlemania is because this is where they would have main evented in 2016 if Seth wouldn't have gotten injured. Um, or if he would have been able to make it back in time for Mania. Man, okay. So, 2016? Kind of a... Was that 32? Yeah, that was 32 in Dallas. <sighs> the infamous Brock and Brock Ambrose match happened. Oh boy, Roman hold on. Against I will, I, I will say this is this is where we reach a problem. Because <laughs> So, listen, the way this, I will say, and this actually does tie into the whole Seth thing, because had Seth have been there, I wouldn't have wanted him anywhere near the title. My dream booking for WrestleMania 32, including Seth, that's when Seth versus Hunter happens. At the same pay-per-view, Roman faces Dean for the title. And and Dean beats him. Which is interesting because and to Seth, top it off, just real quick, top it off. That's when Brock faces Bray Wyatt one on one. 
I had a whole thing planned. Like I don't remember. I don't remember what was going on. What the fuck is Zelina wearing? Oh my god. Oh. Lord. Um, <laughs> I'm watching Raw. Uh, well, not really watching, but Raw is on <laughs> on my TV. Um. <laughs> um, but I don't really remember what Bray Wyatt had going on at that time. I'm pretty sure that's what um, he thought. Taker. It might have been the one before, but he had something going on. Something. Wait, that um, might have been no, with that, Randy. The, that was that was the one where Taker fought Shane. Yeah, um, I was gonna say I think that might have been the one with Randy. But it's so interesting how things go because um, Dean and Dean and Roman were supposed to feud at Mania Thirty, where they were gonna break up the Shield and Dean and Roman were gonna feud, but then they talked the higher ups out of it. So that's really interesting. Um, but yeah, Roman and Seth were, uh, 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 allegedly, Roman and Seth were supposed to main event WrestleMania 32 for the title, so instead of it being Hunter-Roman, it would have been Roman-Seth, um, and I think that it would make this main event special, because one, it's the last thing Seth wants to do before he retires, and he's all but said that he's on his last contract, as has Roman, um, I just think that would make the, the feud more special, but I think you know that's just another way that their characters have kind of like missed just like just paralleled each other like roman is main event to wrestlemania five times and seth that's the one thing he's been chasing that he's Mm -hmm. never been able to accomplish i will say one way or another no matter where it happens how it happens i will be happy as long as they don't make up at the end that no yeah that is another thing that i'm very strongly passionate about and like i've gotten to the point where they keep like pretending they're giving it to me and then taking it away that i will (laughs) take it in any form at this point but as long as it's good and as long as they don't make up at the end because i don't want that i don't want to see that shit i don't want them to hug no they can hug at the hall of fame induction ceremony yes they can hug when the shield is inducted into the hall of fame anything else i don't want and honestly at this point the only thing I'd really like to see Seth revisit, other than that, in terms of, like, people and feuds, I really, I really do want him and Finn to get involved again. Because I'm just yeah. like, like, that was one of the things that I was a fan of Seth for. Even when I wasn't, like, super hype on him. That period where he and Finn didn't feud. It wasn't when they were feuding. It was when they, like, just, they had them just be friends. Like, they had them just be friends on screen. And the reason I liked it so much, and the reason why I liked Seth as part of it so much, is because it was the first time that Seth genuinely came off as just a pleasant person. Person. And, like, I don't know if that's (laughs) maybe because of Finn, and Finn just being the ball of sunshine and love and kittens that he is. But, you know what I mean? Like, that whole time, like, when Seth and Finn were teaming up and they were friends on screen and they would come out to help each other. What? There was just... Oh my god. Sorry. Dewdrop just eliminated Shayna from Queen's Crown. I'm so shocked. Really? <laughs> Continue. Yeah, that's insane. Huh. Wow. Wow. So it's... So, so it's... The... So it's Zelina versus Dewdrop. Oh, we're seeing a squash match. You need to tell me that the two, the two, there are three people, people wanted to win this thing. 
Shayna, Naomi, Liv. Liv's out in the first round. Naomi's not in it at all. And Shayna makes it to the semifinals and gets eliminated by fucking Dewdrop. Don't get me wrong. I love Piper Niven. I think she's a sweetheart. But seriously? Versus Zelina Vega? They're really giving this to Zelina Vega of all people? I mean, I kind of hope Dewdrop wins just because I just like her. You know? Yeah. I mean, if she wins, I'll be all for that because fuck Zelina Vega. But I shouldn't say that. But it's how I feel. But, uh... Sorry, sorry. No, it's cool. That was a very <laughs> odd thing. That was a very odd choice on their part. I'm gonna trust that they have something planned. But, uh... So with Finn, it just... And because I think part of it was... Because you know how, like, you know, you said that, like... Seth said that he and Dean weren't really that close outside of... Mm-hmm wrestling well it it always came off to me like him and finn were oh yeah like they just kind of hung out sometimes when they had the like they were just together a lot you know not to mention you know obviously the shippers kind of you know (laughs) took that (laughs) in direction um which actually so many one of the reasons why i hated amber Allen's shippers and still do is because so many of them were such a dick to Finn, who literally did nothing. Like, he's He's just just hanging out with his friend. (laughs) Like, that's all he's doing, is he's just hanging out with his friend. But... What a thing to be mad about. Like, you can't control who Seth is friends with, guys. And then Seth at one point actually said that he and Finn were wrestling soulmates. Because you know that phrase that fills Mm -hmm. me with dread feels like i'm swallowing worms when i say that phrase but he actually used that phrase to reference himself and finn and you i don't know if you ever saw the shit fit that got thrown over that but holy crap speak of the devil here you come the devil devil not finn Finn. (laughs) i was gonna say like are we talking about seth or finn here because one of them is the devil the other is just a demon (laughs) like but no, uh, it's Finn. Mr. was talking about him. But, um, <laughs> but no, it. Not. Oh well, be happy. But but it was just genuinely, and that's one of the reasons why I actually hold Finn is just about as important to Seth as Dean and Roman, which I know some people will disagree with. But character wise, it showed us another side of Seth, side of Seth. that I was genuinely that. like an actual baby face like he actually came off as someone who was just that was the only time where like i actually felt that i could believe his you know whole i'm just from a small town in iowa you know i've just worked hard and loved wrestling my whole life um i will say listeners at the final raw before the royal rumble in 2019 raw came to oklahoma city um and i went i sat in the fourth row and Seth came out and did an entire stupid-ass promo about how he, you know, came from a working town like Oklahoma City and all this shit, and I had to try so hard to not yell, stop pandering, because, like, a Seth super fan was, like, literally in the row in front of me, and I was like, I don't want this girl to try and fight me. Because that is not what I'm here for. I have to take a bus home at like 11 o'clock at night. I don't want to fight people. But (laughs) I was just like... I was just like... It was so hard not to. So like... Babyface Seth does not hit with me. Unless he's with Finn. Because then it just... It 
genuinely feels like he is just a nice dude who works hard, who loves wrestling. And even when he does those kind of like heel, you know, lie, cheat, and steal things, it it doesn't come off as heelish. It just comes off as, you know, kind of that Eddie Guerrero flavor of lying, cheating, and stealing. And I do think a lot of that, looking back on it, was probably because of Finn and just all of the wonderful things that he is. <laughs> and personally, I don't have too much to say about Seth and Finn because like, I kind of really wasn't online as much during that time period when they were like really, really tight together. But something that is interesting that I can't really pinpoint why it's so interesting is that it was a match against Finn where Seth first brought back the curb stomp, which I, I don't know why that always stuck out to me, but it always has. And when I figure out why, I will definitely say something. Oh, what but, is Zelina wearing? Oh my goodness. Yeah, she just has on like a, a uh, what's it they used to like wear half, in Greece? It's like, like half toga, half bodysuit. Yeah. I'm, I mean, it, uh, <laughs> not to mention, <laughs> what is Shayna wearing? What is this? Yeah, I told you she's wearing, like, pink and gold. I don't know. What is this purple and gold? What is, I mean, I get that those are the maybe, colors of, like, royalty, but. Or maybe, like, she's, like, a Vikings fan, but it's not Vikings purple. It's, like, pink. I'm. Maybe it's breast cancer. Well, it's know. not pink. That's why, like, it can't be that. I'm, okay. This is just a weird this okay yeah this is just weird like <laughs> as we were saying we we're talking about finn and seth god yeah and who else were we going to discuss seth was seth brock seth brock Bro- although when we were talking about roman and seth you did say you had some words about uh, a certain other irish wrestler that seth oh, has found himself yeah. enamored with i was I was gonna joke that because Seth and Roman he do are have so, a type. Um, he does. Um, <laughs> two Irish people. Wow, Seth. Um, I was <laughs> the joke that I was gonna make during the Roman and Seth part was um, that a lot of people say that Roman is Seth's husband because um, <laughs> they're just so close. But I always thought it was so funny that during that time period um, where you mentioned how Dean would have definitely saved Roman from getting pepper pepper sprayed by Heyman that when Seth got attacked by Brock and it had just come out that him and Becky were dating and they were pushing that whole thing on TV Seth got his ass kicked by Brock and Roman was like right there at his side like screaming his head off and then you just see Becky standing in the background just like watching and I just always thought that was so hilarious that his like girlfriend was just kind of just standing there doing nothing while his best friend quotes is like over losing his head like are you okay Roman is Roman Roman is Seth's boyfriend Roman is Dean's wife that's the difference (laughs) and then there's Becky who's just kind of there who's there and also if you're listening do not take this as we're being serious like obviously we know that yeah like we're talking about like the characters we're not talking about the people we know that Colby and Rebecca are in a wonderful and loving marriage and good for them honestly I'm always happy when I see people in love it you know I personally I'm not because I'm a hater but (laughs) well I was gonna say like I still like she still makes me violently ill just whenever I have to look at her but that's you know not really I genuinely am happy for them 
their yeah, beautiful just, family, their beautiful daughter. Beautiful, yeah. My niece Rue, love her. <laughs> you know, I I do I do think the name choice is odd because isn't like isn't a Rue like what you like make a sauce with? <laughs> um, isn't that like when you like cook but like flour and butter and it thickens the sauce? Isn't that what that is? I'm not sure about that. When I first heard about it, I was like, well, like the hair product? Because I work in a beauty supply store <laughs> and there's a hair product cover room. But apparently it's like uh, after some singer. I don't know. I don't consider that kind of music, but... Yeah. Okay. Well, I'm shout out to Rue. I love you. You're great. I I I know it as 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 what she thick in a sauce with. <laughs> it's like naming it's product. like naming a kid cornstarch slurry to me. You know what I mean? But Rob Singer hair product cornstarch. You're an icon, Rue. Honestly, yeah. Like take that name and rock it, kid. Honestly, rockstar name. Love it. <laughs> for real like you know that kid that kid's never gonna be you know rue lopez it's gonna be rue like she's gonna get yeah, to high school like, and it's gonna be that bitch rue like, like first name one name like it's like sting like it's it's up there it's right so like and like don't take this as like me making fun of the kid or anything she's a beautiful young oh girl and Somebody you know hear this. i can't believe you guys are making fun of a 10 month old like no she's literally an icon Honestly, like yes, I like the name. I do think it's pretty. Yeah, I'm just like I was curious if like they knew about the connection to the sauce thickener. <laughs> I was just curious about that. I still think it's a pretty name. It's kind of ridiculous that a sauce thickener is called something that pretty. Like, right. If anything, they and not to mention like you know, as as somebody who had a weird name growing up, my dead name oh. is a fairly unique name. So, like, I, you know, even if I am making fun of people's names, the only time, like, I will say, off topic, I did get on to people for making fun of Rhonda's kid's name, because I'm sorry, don't make fun of the kid. Like, I think, make okay. fun of the parent, make fun, but, like, it's, it's a beautiful Native Hawaiian name, because her father's Native Hawaiian, I don't vibe with that. Also, like, they, like, my whole thing was, like, well, do I get to make fun of y'all because y'all's parents are shit? Like, do I get to make fun of you because y'all parents treated you like shit? Or, like, personally, yeah. okay, so I think what was funny about it to me was that I don't think any of us knew that he was Hawaiian, so it was out of nowhere, like, why the fuck would you name your child that? Y'all are two white people. But then when it, like, when it realized. <laughs> She's also not white! That's the thing! Rhonda's not white! Yes, she is. She is. She I is. mean, like, if we, like, I don't know how she self identifies, but when it comes to her actual family, I'm sorry. If she would have named her kid like Kwame or something, I would have been like, "What the fuck?" And then if she's like, "Well, my great grandma's black," that would have been like, odd. It's not the same. <laughs> it's not the same. But no, for anyone curious, Travis is is half Native Hawaiian. Like, very yeah. literally. Like, if you look at his last name or his middle name, it is a Hawaiian name. So I do yeah. just want to clarify that for. I can see how you wouldn't know that because he is not particularly he does he not fit the image of really. what one thinks of a Hawaiian is looking like which you know I get you know I didn't know Rhonda was mixed when I first saw her but then again she also yeah, does seem to she, she does she is not Naya you know this <laughs> <laughs> but I will say, there does seem, you know, I won't get into the politics of self-identification <laughs> of people of color on this, since all we did was come on here talking about Seth yeah, Rollins and his Rollins. various I mean, boyfriends. It, like, it kind of fits Seth, though, because he's Armenian and everyone thinks he's Latino because his last name is Lopez. 
Actually, that's so, one of the things that I that I originally uh, vibed with Seth over because I actually also, in the real world, not with my stage name, I also have a uh, Spanish last name that I got from one of my dad's like four stepdads, who may not have been a stepdad. I'm not really clear on how we ended up with this, but we did. So that was one of the first things that I was like, "Hey, same hat," <laughs> but uh. But speaking of, you know, actually speaking of my dad's a good way to seg into, segue into this because uh, my dad's favorite wrestler and favorite UFC fighter is, guess who? It's Brock Lesnar. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> I do consider, I don't, it, it's such an odd, because you can't really compare it to Finn or Roman or Dean because it's not a friendly relationship. It's but it's one that I consider just as important because in part because you know, everybody knows by now that Brock Lesnar doesn't work with someone unless he wants to. And when you look at the sheer amount of times that he has worked with Seth compared to how many times he's worked with other people, like I can really only think of like since he has come back to wrestling Seth, Roman, and Taker are like the three people he's worked with the most and for Roman and Seth to be anywhere near approaching the amount of times that Brock has wrestled the Undertaker that to me says something pretty serious about how the opinion that he holds of those two mm-hmm. and one of the and like I will say I do think like half of every interaction that Seth and Brock has had has been booked wrong but <laughs> that's like but I do appreciate cuz another thing that I appreciate about Brock and this is talking more about the real life, you know, interact the real life relationship between Brock and Colby and which obviously, you know, none of us know anything real about but one of the things I think is interesting is that Brock clearly felt a level of safety to be creative mm-hmm. and be expressive in a way that he hadn't gotten to do in a long time. Like with the the Money in the Bank briefcase, the Brock party mm-hmm. stuff. Like he clearly felt that Seth was someone that he could do that across from and it would do well. Um and that's just something that I think is underappreciated is the relationship between Seth and Brock. And I mean, you know, Seth has praised, heaped, heaped praise on Brock and his ability to work, his in-ring ability. Like, he clearly has a very high opinion of him as well. Um, and it's just, it's just, I feel an underappreciated relationship in Seth Rollins's arc. Um, I would agree, especially having, I've referenced it a couple times, especially having listened to that Stone Cold interview where Seth kind of, because I don't think I'd ever really, really put uh, that much thought into it until Seth kind of talked about it. But I think that is something that you can kind of confirm that Seth really values Brock's, just values Brock. Um, As we all should. As we all should, honestly, for (laughs) real, like. I know people have their their thoughts on Brock and his in everything with the Universal title, but at the end of the day, the people he works with, the people in the business, the people who really know what they're talking about will be the first people to tell you that Brock is a legend and that he knows what he's doing when it comes to the wrestling industry. 
Um, so he's somebody's opinion who I believe people should value a little bit more than they do. Um, because he really is a great mind in wrestling. And, you know, Seth told some a couple of stories about Brock that I think really, um, really prove that. Um, things that kind of come to fruition in terms of, like, thinking about things from another perspective. Even whereas, like, we as fans will see something happen and we might not agree with it or we don't think it's the right call. Um, but it later on kind of proves, like, yeah, that was the right thing to do. Um, you know, like... That godforsaken match that we we will save for another day between Brock and another wrestler, um, but between Brock and Seth, I think those are just two individuals who have a lot of respect for each other, and that um, they kind of uh, foil each other really well. I think I think they're really good, like on different ends of the spectrum in terms of how they wrestle, why they wrestle, but it makes for such a magical experience when they do get in the ring together because they mesh so well. Um, and then too, I also thought that story of Seth um, saying he didn't really get a chance to really get to know and really understand Brock Lesnar until he um, bribed him with a bucket <laughs> of beer after WrestleMania 35, and I thought that was adorable. Cause <laughs> I could just imagine him just like with his little like 12 pack, like going up to Brock, like "Hey," like doing the the finger thing that uh, Slapjack did, the "Ooh, ooh look at me." Oh yeah, yeah, the little like two. <laughs> This is why this needs to be in a video format, too, so you can see me doing the... <laughs> Being like, hey. I can definitely see that, though. Like, and, and it's kind of like... It's adorable to me. I keep using the word adorable. Because <laughs> it is! Because he's going up to this giant motherfucker <laughs> of a bear of a man. Yeah, and he's he like, hey. fighting five minutes ago, by the way. They, they literally just got finished beating the hell out of each other. He's like, hey, and do you want to have some beers? Can we talk? <laughs> And like, then, I like, want to get to know you. You know, genuinely forming, like, something of a friendship with this guy who is, you know, relatively, like, kind of to himself and very... Antisocial. Antisocial, and his bonds with people are very, like, the main people he's around are people he goes way back with um, and doesn't really, like, accept new people into that. So I thought that was really, really uh, cool. And they just always have good matches together. And um, I think Brock put a lot of work into putting Seth over in 2019, um, a stupid a of, amount of work, honestly. A stupid amount, and he always does. I in this was something not directed at Drew McIntyre, but at some Drew McIntyre fans that I didn't really care for in 2020 was the amount of work that Brock always puts into putting people over, including mm -hmm. Drew. And a lot of his fans did not credit Brock for that, I which is absurd because that. Drew himself said exactly. Brock is the reason why this happened because he put in all exactly. that work, not only beating Kofi, but all the work of the rumble like drew mcintyre was like that was brock's idea that was he wanted to doing. like he again is yet another person who has just done nothing but heat praise on brock lesnar exactly <laughs> and it's like damn it if all of your favorite wrestlers are praising brock lesnar maybe it's because he's good at his job or something <laughs> right <laughs> <laughs> but yeah like that was i i always thought that was a, a kind of good like or at least learning that from seth and hearing him talk about that i thought that was cool to find like hear a kind of different story about brock lesnar and, like whereas the stories especially the past couple years from certain people have been like brock is so difficult to work with and blah 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 where seth kind of put into perspective more of like no you know brock 
has a different outlook on things. And sometimes Brock is right. <laughs> yeah, a lot of the times Brock is right. A lot of the times Brock is right. But the other thing about Brock is, like, he will... As much control as they do give him, and as much of his input as they do, like, let him have, um, it's... He also is one of those people who will sit and do his job. Mm -hmm. He will do what he is told, because he's just a good worker. He is a hard worker. He has a good work ethic that he puts to use in wrestling. And... Like, <laughs> it just, yeah, it's, it's, I, I mean, you know me, I used to hate Brock for a while too, and that was more just Thank because you. of, I will say, that's because of a very complicated relationship with my dad, more than anything. <laughs> like, I don't want anybody to think that, like, Brock really did anything wrong. But when I reevaluated, and again, that's one of those things where, like, I reevaluated my opinion of him, um... And sometimes when you reevaluate, you end up with the same opinion. Sometimes you end up with a different opinion. Sometimes you just kind of mix it. Um, Again, I think it's something more people need to go back and do. But uh, something that I ended up, I mean, like, I ended up liking Brock a lot because I was like, you know, I didn't give him a fair shake. Mm -hmm. And it just, it... You know, it, I, I honestly felt a little bad because I was like, wow, I spent that much time, like, really disliking this dude. And he's actually not really all that bad. He's yeah really thoughtful. He's a hard worker. He clearly cares about his coworkers, you know, and yeah. wants them to do well. So it, it, and again, like, when it comes to Seth, because it's obvious that Seth himself yeah, likes Brock similar. and likes working with Brock. And honestly, I wouldn't mind. I don't necessarily want them to want one of Brock's last eight matches to be uh, with Seth, but I really would not mind some kind of interaction between them, just some kind of acknowledgement of yeah the, their history together. You know, because they've got quite a lot of history. When you like people think of Seth's greatest rivals, like we said, the first people that come to mind are always going to be like Dean. Triple H, maybe Roman, but like Brock is even one of those Finn. People. Even Finn, yeah. Like, but Brock is also one of those people. It's from the days when Seth was in the Authority, he's mm-hmm. been somebody who he's across the ring from is Brock. By the way, Charlotte versus Bianca is on right now. I'm obviously still going to be very engaged in this conversation, but <laughs> if I have any outbursts or pops, understandable. That, these are two of my favorites. I love them. I think they're they parallel each other in a lot of ways. In I love watching them wrestle. The few times that we do get to see it, um, <laughs> I will say the other the other thing that I wanted to talk about that kind of ties into really all of this conversation is Seth Rollins and Buddy Murphy, and Ooh. yeah, and listen, everyone, I said it in the last episode. I love Buddy Murphy. He's the only person that could go to AEW. And I'll go watch what he's doing. I genuinely, fully, in my heart, believe that Buddy Murphy has everything that it takes to be a top guy. I think that he has the look. I think he has 
the in-ring ability. I think he is quickly developing the promo and character skills. And beyond that, I think he is just genuinely an unbelievably hard, good worker. I think he has everything and more that you could want. And again, that's subjective. Not everyone's going to agree with that. That's fine. But I mean, you know, if you ever listen to him talk about how he ended up on 205 Live, you're like, that dude cares. He wants to do this. It's not no fucking around with him. Like, he wants to wrestle. And he will do, like, he will wrestle next to a dumpster behind an Outback Steakhouse. Ha! Australia! (laughs) (laughs) Um, But, (laughs) like, he, he will do whatever he can to wrestle. It's what he wants to do. And I think that that passion alone and that work ethic should carry him to the top. I wanted him to be a top guy in WWE. It unfortunately wasn't meant to be but obviously one of the last things that he did was his work with Seth and honestly I was always frustrated because it wasn't like with Dean I didn't ever expect there to be any kind of apology or you know penance or anything like that from Seth to Buddy but I wanted there to be I wanted them to have a drawn out long good match (laughs) you know what I mean I wanted them Mm -hmm. to just have one like give it the last 30 minutes of a smackdown give it some time on a pay-per-view something give them something where we can finally see buddy come out on top and I never really got that but even with that even with the absolute disservice that they did to buddy murphy and i like you know me I don't do that a lot where I'm like they did a guy wrong Mm -hmm. but they did him wrong like there's so much that he had that he like he still is one half of what is considered officially by the WWE 205's best match he's still like he's so good and he's so much that so many wrestling fans want And if nothing else, I at least am happy that he got to work with Seth, because if you, like, if you ask him, if you ask Buddy about it, he really, like, he has said before that, like, he learned so much from Seth, and this is, like, you know, the actual real, you know, Matt talking. He learned a ton from Seth. He was really grateful for just getting to work with him at all because he kind of saw Seth as someone who was a lot like himself and who got to a point where Buddy had wanted to be at. So if you kind of take that and then like look at like the actual work that they did together, like you do see that like it did work out well for Buddy. It, well, apart from the whole, like, Aaliyah thing. But, boo. yeah. Just let's everybody, hold on, just for three seconds. Let's everybody boo. 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 Yeah, it was awful. It was a fucking nightmare. Um, <laughs> but the story that was just, you know, contained to the story between Seth and Buddy. Again, I feel like that was really, like, some of the best work that Seth has ever done. Like, 
because it leaned into there was no more revisionist history seth rollins was being seth rollins in his purest form he was being self-righteous he was being holier than thou he was being Mm -hmm. up his own ass he was being toxic he was being horrible and that's what i want seth rollins to be i don't want seth to be you know this white meat baby face i want him even if he is a good guy to be leaning into that you know because it's it seems more true to him yes like before and i i would agree with that too because i think whereas sometimes i'll be like i miss babyface seth and i'll kind of think of it more or less from the perspective like of that time when he was fighting for dean's like his uh, his forgiveness um and i think that was because at that point in time seth was like it was being acknowledged that Seth has done things wrong in the past versus when he was more in like 2019 when he was going after the Universal Championship even when he won it and he was doing like you were saying earlier those promos of like I'm just a small Iowa boy who I could be working in a factory somewhere but instead I'm the WWE champion kind of thing where even at that point I would say like that was my least favorite era of Seth and like the only time I can say that I like kind of a little bit fell off of being a fan of him not that I disliked him but I just felt it didn't hit quite as much right and so it just kind of like you said it just kind of feels a little bit like this isn't you like come on man you know you want to come out here and laugh in our faces and tell everyone you're better than them and that's when Seth is his most enjoyable that's why a lot of people's favorite incarnation of Seth was authority Seth because he was a, it seemed like the truest form of who he could be as a character and it also felt like he actually was playing a character and not just like standing in a ring yes. and trying to come up with something um, and I think that's too if we want to start to kind of get into like the messiah and then even the character he has now the visionary or whatever he is is like at least it feels like he is playing a character he's doing something then there's depth to it and things that you can kind of point out and look at and grasp at and really really like get into the nitty-gritty of in terms of discussing him sorry real quick i'm i'm distracted la knight's got his titties half out on the twitter and it's Shout out to LA Knight and his titties. Shout, I mean, shout out to them in this video. But, <laughs> but, uh, it, um, it's, it's, you know, with Seth and Buddy, it was just, again, it was just like this perfect combination of, and this, it's one of the reasons why I'm sad that Buddy was eventually released. Mm-hmm. Because I wanted so much more just from him because they had this opportunity to truly build a really phenomenal baby face. Mm-hmm. And they one of the reasons that they were able to do that is because of what he did with Seth. And right. just the phenomenal quality I'm of his... Eating already? Oh my god, I'm sorry. Fucking flares. Um, <laughs> fucking flares, dude. But... <laughs> um it no it's fine (laughs) it uh it was just frustrating because it could have been so unbelievable to see buddy have that rise to the top like almost like a jay uso-esque rise 
um, which has not happened yet, but I still have faith in. <laughs> but I, I consider that an important relationship for Seth, too, and an important part of his career, because it was where Seth Rollins, as a character, was the most enjoyable and truest version of his character that I think we've seen since The Authority. Which, even then... Like, it's almost interesting, because it's almost like we got Authority Seth, but, like, grown up. Because, like, mm-hmm. Authority Seth was very juvenile, and he was very, right. you know, under mommy and daddy's thumb. And... Right. But when, as as the Messiah, this was Seth of his own volition. This was Seth actually as an abusive character. That's actually what I think is interesting, because you couldn't... Like I said, you couldn't necessarily say that about him before. Yeah. But he was making active, conscious choices. It's like he recognized his own habits and his own toxicity and was like, mm-hmm. well, now I'm going to use that to my advantage. And yeah, that's what he did I, with Buddy. Right. And I think that was, like, an interesting, like... And honestly, we could discuss the theme because I think that is an important part, chapter, in terms of why we have the Seth Rollins we have. Um, but as a Seth Rollins fan, that's just really, I hate talking about it. But I think um, that that was something that kind of bring, facing the fiend in that match really brought out of Seth is that, and then too, when the fans like started turning after, turning on him afterwards, mm-hmm. where it kind of became this thing where he was like, okay, well, I've tried being the baby face, you know, hard worker, do everything for the fans guy. That didn't work for me. Um, I even tried, you know, being like the sellout. Now what do I do? Okay, well, I'm just going to be a piece of shit and get what I want anyways. Um, because no matter what I do, people are going to hate me, so I might as well do what I want to do anyways. Um, <laughs> which is an interesting kind of perspective for him. <laughs> And just like you said, consciously, and I, I think that comes interesting too because we've seen it happen in multiple times where, like, he you see him almost want to like hold back and stop himself from doing something, and then he does it anyways. Like most recently after the Edge match, after he curb stomped him, they're taking Edge away on the stretcher, and he's kind of standing there like almost like what have I done? But then by the next week, he's like, oh yeah, I did it on like I did it like who cares? And he tries to find a way to justify it. Um, because he knows he's a bad guy, but, you know, he wants, he's maybe in a way still wants people to, like, love him or, like, praise him or see that he's doing the quote-unquote right thing, even though we all know that it's not the right thing. Uh, gonna pause it right here for just a second to check that audio file and make sure that mm-hmm. it, like, did not die. I love watching Charlotte and Bianca wrestle. Okay, unpaused! Apparently, I clicked the wrong file, so now I'm doing another one. Like I said, thankfully we had a TLDR, but at the same time, I'm going to be frustrated. (laughs) All of this will be posted over the next, like, week or so, in case anyone was wondering. (laughs) But it will take a while, because I'm apparently going to have to go through and make sure Clean Feed didn't try and kill the podcast. Little bastard. Either way, we were talking about, you know, Seth... Wanting to feel loved and wanting to feel adored and whatnot. And I do think that's a pretty accurate reading because I do think there is a part of Seth amidst all of his toxicity that wants to be the hero and he wants to be, you know, the ultimate good guy and he wants people to view him that way. 
Right. And it, instead of just doing the right thing like a normal person, he's yes, like, I'm gonna exactly. And <laughs> it's okay, <laughs> exactly. And so, I mean, honestly, like when it comes to like his character, that's what I want to see out of him. You know, that's what I want to see out of him in the future. Is I want to see more of that leaning into it and that being. Because, like, I do, while I am enjoying the crazy suits and the ridiculousness, I feel like he's starting to lose his way a little. Because what made the Messiah work was almost having Buddy with him. You know what I mean? Because he had Mm -hmm. someone where that flip, that switch would flip. And he would go from being the, you know, funny, crazy, ridiculous, loud, laughing... And then he would switch, and all of a sudden he's got his hand on Buddy's throat. He's pun- he's slapping yeah. him. He is treating him like dirt. There was somebody for him to like actively portray that on. It's not just like yeah. Seth is so something I've always loved about Seth is his facial expressions. He's really good at like showing how he's feeling mm-hmm. uh, through without saying anything. You can see it. Um, and so he kind of has to lean more on that now, but with Buddy, it was a lot better because he could actively, like, do something bad for everyone to be like, hey, yeah. it's not good. Um, versus now, we kind of just have to get, like, catatonic, Seth, or we have to, like, you know, see him trying to tell us that he feels bad about what he did or something like that. Um, so, yeah, I definitely agree with you there. Yeah, it, uh... And like it's it's almost frustrating, you know what I mean? Now that he does not have that, and I I don't know how they because I don't necessarily want to have like a a a side piece again, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I just I I feel like there has to be a way to convey that again because this is actually something we talked about earlier in our Discord conversation is. Right now, it feels too much like he's portraying a ca- a comedy character, and I guess like I guess they're trying to like do some like severity with the Edge feud, but even mm. then, it's still kind of coming off as like this unserious comedic affair. And the thing that was good about the Messiah is that you had that he's funny until he's not. Yeah, and that's you know that's what I was saying earlier is like the joke has to be funny until it's not. Until it's not, it has to have that cutoff. It has to have that moment where you're like, oh, this is serious. You know what I mean? And I would like for them to, because, you know, our, you know, pretty much our last point was, you know, what do we want out of Seth in the future? And Mm -hmm. what I want out of Seth in the future is just more of that, honestly. Just more of that, you know, funny, but then he's not. Because I think right. that he just really excelled at that when he I was with, working with Buddy. With his character now, it's there's a lot more time between it. Whereas with Buddy, it was like more immediate. You could see it happening in real time every week. But now it's like a lot of like funny, and then a couple months down the line, once he's lost to the same person two or three times, then yeah. he snaps then it's not funny anymore. Then he's doing something darker, like, you know, taking Rey Mysterio's eye out or 
Um, I don't even think he ever went that far with Cesaro. I think he just lost to Cesaro a bunch of times, and then they stopped feuding. Pretty much. (laughs) (laughs) And then, you know, kind of with Edge, where it's, like, building and building and building. I will say, I'm a little disappointed, like, with... They did the him going to Edge's house thing, and I know the point of that was for him to just kind of mess with Edge, but, like... How do you have him go to his house and, like, not fuck shit up? Like, he kind of just, like, rolled on the couch and that was it. And it was funny, but, like... I will say, if nothing else, the gays enjoyed that. Yeah, that was <laughs> definitely... It was a little bit, you know... Mm. <laughs> <laughs> Wrist. I won't... I, there are certain words we used on our little discussion in between <laughs> uh, these episodes that I could say, and I won't. But I could, and they would fit. You know what I mean? Oh, Seth, you beloved gay straight man. Right? (laughs) That's one of the best things. We didn't want to talk about what made the shield great. They were just (laughs) homoerotic sometimes. Remember when Stephanie wanted Brock to be a masculine gay man? It's not too late! (laughs) It's not too late! <laughs> oh, wow. was that an exclamation at Raw? I saw a very nice yeah. power, like power slam. That was the last um, I saw. Bianca it. did the. She did the. The. I don't know what the actual wrestling move is called, but the gl- gland slam. Yeah, that was Beth Phoenix old finisher that she did out of the Charlotte. Aww. I love that. I like seeing them wrestle because they have similar move sets, but it's different enough that it like. It adds some sauce. I like that. I just love watching it. <laughs> uh, yeah, so of, like what we want out of Seth, what y'all know what I want out of Seth. Yeah. I want my Rollins feud. Um, and I will do anything to get it. Um, I don't care if I have to personally go to Connecticut and speak to Vince McMahon face to face and make my case for this feud. I think I'm so happy that you kept it to just speaking to Vince McMahon. <laughs> I said okay. Um, I've said worse things in the privacy of my group chats. I don't need to say that out loud here, though. Um, <laughs> but yeah, like um, I, if Vince McMahon still has your devices bugged and you're listening to this, Vince, um, please, first and foremost. And I also think that you would be looking at the feud of this generation. Like we've had Rock Austin. We even had, like, Cena Orton for, like, the PG TV era. This modern era of WWE of wrestling has not had that feud yet. Like, that rivalry between two individuals. And I genuinely am of the belief that this could be that for you. It'll make you lots of money. It'll make your fans very happy. It will be good shit. And do it, because I want it. Hey, Vince. Hey, buddy, if you're listening... I'm just saying, all that, both Roman and Jay. I'm just saying, just throwing it out there. But I know you got, I know you're listening. You copy that? All right, yeah. Let's, yeah. Please do this. So, for my Twitter followers' sake, do this so I will shut up about it. Do Roman and Jay. Do it. Do it. Do it, Vince. I am also. I also do love Jay. So I do love him a lot. <laughs> I'm just saying, we both have different things that we want out yeah. of Roman's I, title I reign. I, I do also eventually want Roman to 
feud with Jay and drop the title to him because Jay deserves that after everything Roman's put him through. I 1000% agree with that. I just think it maybe can wait until after Seth feuds with Roman. But not when it has to happen at WrestleMania, Vince. Like, listen, <laughs> Vince, I know you love my ideas, so I'm just saying. <laughs> if Roman holds on to the title for another two or three more years, right? No! No! <laughs> Seth versus Roman at this WrestleMania. Next year, we get Rock versus Roman. No! And then the year after that. No, because The Rock versus Roman doesn't need to be for a title. That would be a terrible idea. Because we'd all know how it was going to end. And I'm just saying. Like, I'm just saying. I'm just saying. I'm just saying. But also, it would make more sense if Roman's family was on his side for that feud. For at least. See, I don't know if I believe that. Jay turning on Roman, like, going into it could be like... And because, you know, too, like, the in, the thing is, like, Rock is not really technically, like, he's not bio, or should I say, he's not biologically related to them. Um, but, you know, family is more than biology. So I think, you know, it could be an interesting feud, but I don't really care about that feud as much as other people do. Um, I'd much rather Jay versus Roman than Roman versus Rock, actually. We all know what teams we're on. Listeners... You know, if you would like to retweet the tweet that this ends up in and say whether or not you want Seth and Roman first or Seth and Jay first, you want Seth and Jay first, uh, you know, feel free to, to chime in with that on, on the Twitter. And with that, since we just spent two hours talking about Seth Rollins and related company, <laughs> we're going to oh take... Oh my god, are you kidding me? Oh no. Oh no! Are you serious? <laughs> oh no! <laughs> that doesn't. S- oh no! Is <laughs> it? You have got to be fucking with me. What was what? What caused the DQ? Charlotte hit her with a chair. Oh, not cool. Oh, well that caused. This- Again, while I have the match, clearly you don't want either of them to take a pin. Don't. Well, it's good that we're going into this next episode angry because this next episode is all about all elite wrestling. Now I'm going to take all my anger out on Kenny Omega and the young. And (laughs) you know, let's end it on you know our match recommendation and our song recommendation before I think Naya throws her phone through the window. Uh, okay, hold on. Let me look at my. Um, <laughs> let me give you something non WWE since I. I think every time I've been on, I've done like a WWE match. I think I I've don't think that's true. Time. I think he did like one. I think he did I think one did WWE and then yeah. Um, for me, uh, I'll go ahead and do mine first while you were looking. Yeah. Uh, you know, I think there's a there's a let me let me get the date on it so I can you know say exactly like when it was. Um, let me, but there it is. Okay, so there is a, uh, which, okay, I guess it's, was it, well, that doesn't tell me what it was. Um, that was not one of the worst ones ever. You fucking what culture ass motherfucking liars. (laughs) 
Um, Fuck what culture, man. I cannot stand what culture. Honestly, my dad listens to them, and every time I hear them, I'm just like, I've never hated the British more. (laughs) (laughs) Like, um, let me see. Was it this one? It couldn't have been this one. Because then what the fuck was main eventing? There's no way they let that main event. Well, I think I got one, so I'll tell mine while you're still looking. Um, I'm, and this is kind of controversial because people kind of don't like her, but mine is Priscilla Kelly versus, aka Gigi Dolan, but she used to be called Priscilla Kelly, um, versus Thunder Rosa at Championship Wrestling? I will, uh... Me? Sorry, I think you cut out for a second there. Am I on? Yeah, yeah, you're good. I just think it was just for a second. So if you want to repeat that, just to make sure that we get it. Uh, Priscilla Kelly versus Thunder Rosa? You good? You there? Sorry, folks. Pause again, just in case. Alright, we're back. You want to repeat that match recommendation? Sorry, guys. We once again are having technical issues because Seth Rollins is sabotaging our episode. We weren't even that mean. We weren't even that mean. So we're back live, everyone. Thank you. Uh, Sorry, like I said, Seth Rollins is sabotaging our episode. He's being very frustrating. So, if you want to repeat your match recommendation... Yes, it was Priscilla <laughs> Kelly, a.k.a. Gigi Dolan, versus Thunder, Ro- Thunder Rosa, I believe it was at Championship Wrestling. Um, I may be wrong about that. Um, and my song recommendation... Um, God dang it, did it go away? God dang it! <laughs> Sorry guys, we really are just... I don't know, maybe we've been using the site too long or whatever but we just are having just a ridiculous amount of issues uh there we go and she's back seth again oh my god (laughs) sorry after this sorry after this we'll we'll disconnect from clean feed for a minute and then reconnect and see if that helps with anything yeah because this Um. i don't know what's bugging but something is um, the song was uh, Monster by Megan Dia, which is a really old song, but um, I've been listening to it a lot lately. So, my match recommendation, and this is going to be a controversial one probably, is Scott Hall versus Jeff Jarrett versus Sid Vicious. Uh, you're going to have to look for it yourselves because uh, Google lied to me about when it took place. <laughs> I think it was just on a Monday night, night on a Monday Nitro, but uh, it's it's when Scott Hall should have won the world title, uh, but we were robbed of that because the world is a cruel and cold and unfair place uh, with no love and no joy. My song recommendation, um, you know what? I'll stick with that. Go listen to uh, which which version is this is is this by? Let me check my YouTube history real quick just to which is mostly joining videos right now. <laughs> Um, let me see. Uh, Great Big C's cover of the Chemical Workers song, also known as Process Man. 
It's a song about dying in factories. It's great. You'll love it. And with that, we are going to cut off from clean feed for a bit. Jesus. And we are going to... And we will be back with another episode right after this. But uh, thank you, everyone, for listening to us constantly over and over. Uh, be safe. Wear your masks. Get vaccinated. Don't make, I'm start yelling at you like Matt Sarah yells at his fighters. Um, and we will see you guys next time. <laughs>